I'm TZ, the host and creator of Tapes from the Dark Side, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to the show. Running a few ads each episode helps to keep the show free for all, but if you prefer an ad-free experience, then check us out on Patreon. When you sign up to any one of our tiers, you'll instantly get a unique premium feed tied to your account, featuring episodes 100% ad-free and streaming at pristine 320 kilobytes per second. Join right now for less than the cost of one coffee a month. That's patreon.com slash tapes from the dark side. Tapes from the Dark Side contains descriptions of violence and sexuality. Listener discretion is advised. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. Where is your boy? I have no idea. I wish I knew, but I don't know. His son is missing. His family suspects him. I do believe that Mark took Dylan to punish my mom. I don't like you. I hate you. You have been nothing of a father. His ex-wife. He has a violent temper and he snaps easily. I'm not a violent person. A former girlfriend defends him. I do not believe Mark would harm Dylan in any way. How dare you point the fingers at somebody when you have no proof? He's the only one who's not looking for Dylan because he knows where he is. I've done everything that I know how to do to be involved in every aspect of what's going on to find him. The story continues backstage. If you've got information about where that boy is, you need to tell us. This is his chance. I'm on my way to polygraph exam. To silence his family's suspicions. Are we going to do this? Let's do it. The polygraph drama. Everyone has a bit of a fascination with the dark side. I myself have always loved the dark side as well. I think it's something that everyone secretly longs for and wants. You're his father. How could you do this to him? Elaine, I don't I, I don't know where Dylan is. I haven't had I anything believe, to do with this. I don't I know that's a lie. father's middle name. Corey came into this world on November 14, 1992, and had just turned 21 years old when Dylan went missing. He had barely had his first taste of adulthood when tragedy struck his family. It would be reductionistic to assume that Corey's relationship with his father could be defined under any one singular event. And even though the discovery of his father's secret interest in coprophilia and coprophagia seems to have fractured the relationship beyond repair. There are well-documented events that occurred before this discovery that reveal the many cracks that had already begun to form. July 4th, 2008, four years prior to Dylan's disappearance. 
to be fully transparent, I couldn't find the exact date of Mark and Elaine's divorce because it turns out the Colorado birth, death, and divorce records are kept confidential. Though context suggests that their divorce was most likely finalized sometime prior to this date, I believe in 2007, which is the year that Mark moved 25 minutes north of the city to a small house in Vallecito. This is the same house where Dylan stayed the night he disappeared. In a Nine News Colorado broadcast, there was a police report that they showed on screen the date of July 4th, 2008, at 3 a.m. in La Plata County. I believe the following is a partial record of the testimony that Elaine gave to police. Quote, Mark Redwine was having sex with a friend of the family in the yard under my window, and Corey saw everything. When Corey confronted Mark, Mark got extremely belligerent. He was very drunk and grabbed me and took a swing at his son. Dylan reacted and hit Mark. The following statements originally appeared in another Nine News article online, but have since been redacted with no mention of why. I was able to recover the contents of the article, but cannot confirm the veracity of the statements. And even though they are unverified, I feel they are integral to this case, and so I want to include them. From the Nine News report, Mark also claims he was victimized later that day on July 4th. Quote, I was attacked and beaten and left for hours until I woke up. Mark says Corey was responsible for the beating. Restraining orders were granted, and this I can confirm. Mark against Corey and Elaine, and Elaine against Mark. These orders were subsequently vacated three months later, on October 2nd of the same year, 2008. Three years prior to the 4th of July incident, in October of 2005, the family would have been just settling into their new home in Bayfield, Colorado, and although the scenery had changed, Mark's relationship with Elaine had not. Again, from the unverified Nine News report, Mark reportedly requested protection against Elaine, saying she was, quote, drinking and driving with the kids. A judge allegedly temporarily ordered her not to drive with the kids or even be with them while under the influence. And then, if you go back two more years, an incident occurred on September 23, 2003, perhaps more significant than any of the others, and this one we can confirm with court records. Corey would have been 10 and Dylan just two years old at the time. Mark was charged with child abuse, assault, and trespassing, though those charges were dismissed and he pled guilty only to a class one petty offense of disorderly conduct. I have searched high and low, and to this day, I'm still unable to uncover any of the details behind this 2003 event. Now, I know you're here for the Dr. Phil special, and I promise it's coming. One more piece of background before we get to it. Once again, text message records play a crucial role in this investigation. They allow us an intimate glimpse into the true state of Corey's relationship with Mark during that critical period when there was still hope that Dylan might be found. 
first text message exchange between Mark and Corey that we have record of occurs November 30th, 2012, 12 days after Dylan had gone missing. This was just days after police had obtained a search warrant for Mark Redwine's house. And extensive foot searches were being organized by Elaine and Corey to try and find Dylan. The first message is from Mark. Walk the walk or talk the talk. I've gone out of my way today to show you I care and prove my position. Screw you. You walking or talking. From Corey. Ten and a half days to one. Are you walking or talking? I rolled all day and you ain't answered shit. I can stop my effort to answer up for you, because without Dylan, there is no me. Probably over your head, but that's your problem. 24 hours and 6 days to text me back in one day of effort? Good luck sleeping at night. Get a clue! You to talk, but no walk. You are everything I did today, but I can change it all. No Corey, no Dylan, no me. Sad, but Mike has your mom. Mike was Elaine's boyfriend at the time, and he would later become her husband. She chose to take his last name, effectively becoming Elaine Hall instead of Elaine Redwine. The following morning at 8.47 a.m., from Mark to Corey. Morning, Corey. What do you have planned today? We need to keep searching for Dylan. Have you spoke with Brandon? Brandon is Mark's son from his first marriage, making him Corey's half-brother. He was also heavily involved in the search effort for Dylan. Corey's message is obscured and we're only able to read the word yourself. The next message is from a month and a half later, January 16th, 2013, at 6.12pm, exactly 59 days since Dylan went missing. From Mark. You believe whatever you need to, none of which is helping Dylan. It never stops amazing me how ignorant you really are. Just in the last hour, I got two people here saying the exact opposite, and I got a call from a third. Stop harassing me and focus on your brother. What the hell are you thinking with the billboard CS unless he is there? This is the end of the screenshots that we have access to. I believe CS stands for Colorado Springs, which would make sense because a giant billboard was put up there in mid-January. I'll put a picture up of the billboard on Patreon. The billboard, which was reportedly on I-25 and Fillmore Street, listed Dylan's name, age, description, and the telephone number tip line. Coming up on Tapes from the Dark Side, the Dylan Redwine Saga. I am at you. I don't like you. I hate you. And... You have been nothing of a father. You're listening to Tapes from the Dark Side. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. If you prefer an ad-free experience, then join us on Patreon. For about the cost of one coffee a month, $3, you get access to our premium feed, featuring every episode ad-free in the highest quality audio 300 kbps versus 192 on the standard feed one day early access to all releases plus bonus episodes and more sign up is quick and easy and you can cancel anytime pause the show right now 
go to patreon.com slash tapes from the dark side and get instant access to our premium feed. Thank you so much for your support. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That's it. Back to the show. Dark side. Yesterday, we were on the edge of our seats trying to get answers as to what happened to little Dylan Redwine. Here's what happened. The search for 13-year-old Dylan Redwine has gone national. His father told police that he left to run errands at 7.30 that morning, but found Dylan was gone when he came back home just four hours later. We are waiting to get the call to go pick up my baby brother. I want everybody to know how much I love that boy. People want to say that I'm behind it. I absolutely had nothing to do with Dylan's disappearance. Since Dylan went missing, Mark and I have not spoken at all. If my son was missing, no matter how much I despised my ex, I would have a conversation with that person. He goes missing and y'all trade text messages? My mail carrier saw Dylan the afternoon he went missing. On the day Dylan went missing, I saw two boys walking down the road, not too far from where Dylan lives. I really don't think Mark was the last person to see Dylan that day. What do you think happened to your son? I have suspicions that Elaine could be involved in this. Do you honestly believe that this woman is involved? I want to believe that he's still alive. I do. Did you take a polygraph? They did. And what were the results? There's been some conflict as to what the actual results are. I have the best polygraph operators in the world, and I will make those people available to you to clear your name. Will you take a polygraph? I will take a polygraph. Because I will make that available to you. You can take it. You know, while you're here. I'm I'm certainly no expert in polygraphs, but, you know, my focus all along has always been about finding Dylan and bringing him home. Corey is Mark's son from his second wife, Elaine. He refuses to call his father dad and feels Mark has his younger brother, Dylan, hidden somewhere. Take a look at this. 
Mark is a very selfish and arrogant man. I do believe that Mark took Dylan to punish my mom and essentially hurt her. There has been two previous times where Mark has kidnapped me and Dylan. He took us to a ghetto hotel in Denver, and in 2006, he took us to his boss's house. Both those times, I did feel like I was being kidnapped. I believe that Mark is paying someone to keep Dylan hidden. I think Mark has been lying from the start. I organized an event on Facebook to rally at Mark's house about Dylan's disappearance. We had picket signs, you know, hope for Dylan signs. Mark, come out and take some involvement with your son being missing. There was people with pitchforks and guns wanting to come up here and rip my fingernails out until they got the answers to the questions that they wanted. Corey was the initiator. I believe that Elaine is feeling Corey's anger towards me. I can never have a relationship with Mark. After this, Mark is gone from my life forever. Corey, thanks for um, thanks for joining us. I know that you want to find your little brother. Yes, more than um, anything. What do you think's going on here? I think Mark has something to do with it. I think he's either got him hidden out or, you know, done something and disposed. I, I think, I strongly think that he's involved. Why? He hasn't done a single thing since Dylan has been gone. Why do you say that? What has he not done? Um, he hasn't been to any of the benefits. He wasn't there for Dylan's birthday vigil. He hasn't um, helped at all with the Find Missing Dylan Redwine Fund. Um, and that's offensive to you? Very, very. Um, Dr. Phil, I'd like to make a comment about the fundraiser thing. I have several people in the community in which I live that are reaching out to me on a daily basis and volunteering their time to have some involvement with a fundraiser. But somebody from this side of the room called her and told her that they didn't want her to have any involvement in anything that had anything to do with raising money and didn't want me involved in any of that. You're wrong, and you know you're wrong. If you want to raise money for Dylan's fund and for the reward, then do it. Why does it have to be everybody else's responsibility? It's not everybody else's responsibility. We, why can't you go All do I something on your own? Why do you got to have us, All our approval? You say he has clear motivation. What do you mean? Dylan didn't really look up to Mark. They had a relationship, but it was never what Dylan had wanted. It was always what Mark had wanted, which was always to be on the road. Really? Never there. Why do you call your father Mark instead of dad or Because he's father? not a father to me. A father is someone who cares for their kids and, you know, would do anything for him. Be a I role believe, model, someone I to look up to. I believe that you're being very disrespectful, and I believe that everything that's coming out of your mouth is perpetuated by I your mouth. I have mother. my own mouth. I can say then my own it. words. I am at you. I don't like you. I hate you. And you have been nothing of a father since the last t 10 years. And Dylan's birthday, even though he's not here to celebrate it with us, where were you? You sure? I was making every effort I possibly could because I was in Texas working for the company that I work for, trying to get into Bayfield. And you're the only that one night. working. I'm not working and doing that stuff too. I went, got off work, and went straight, had straight to the park okay, and had let, a candlelight. Let's stay on point with. here. Mark's ex-girlfriend Karen uh, called our producers to voice the other side of this because she says these people are being unfair to Mark, and in fact that he had an excellent relationship with Dylan. Take a look. I dated Mark for about six months. I spent time with him and Dylan, and I don't see him in any kind of light other than a good dad. I do not believe 
Mark would harm Dylan in any way. He loved Dylan. I do not believe Mark is involved at all in the disappearance of Dylan. I believe Mark hasn't got a fair shake in the media. I'm a straight shooter and I'll tell it like it is. And what I would say to Elaine is how dare you point the fingers at somebody when you have no proof. So you're not in a relationship with him now. No. But you were in the past, and you've observed him with Dylan. Yes, I did. And you say they had a good relationship. Yes, I uh, traveled to Mark's home, spent a week with him and Dylan, and um, everything that he said is exactly what happened. Mark, uh, Dylan slept on the couch. <clears throat> um, he would never get up. You know, he would walk around. He'd get up in the morning, Mark would, and smoke a cigarette and have a cup of coffee and... He'd be like, Dylan, Dilly boy, let's go, get up, get up. And we'd do this for like hour, hour and a half, two hours. Mm -hmm. He just wouldn't get up. Uh. And the same thing is like his work. He would have to go into town to do his payroll or drop off papers because he travels. So that's why he's not home to be with his kids. I mean, he travels, he works out of town. When he comes home, he would get Dylan, but... I don't believe for a minute he killed his kid or... Okay, and I understand that, and I, and I appreciate you weighing in mm -hmm. with some independent observations. Right. Uh, the one thing I have a problem with is one statement you made, which is to look at her and say, how dare you? Right. Because, lady, you don't have the right to speak to a mother with a missing child with that kind of judgment. And you don't know what she's going through Correct. right now. I and so that. don't put yourself in her shoes. You don't that. have the right to say that. That's fine. You're, you're out of that. your lane when you go telling her, how dare you make that comment. I'm just saying. I really think what's sad is they need to be united and work together to find Dylan. I feel I, bad I for this. That. I really do. Okay. So does Mark's, we got to take a break. Does Mark's past behavior give law enforcement the right to question him in the case of his missing son? Another ex-wife seems to think so. Well, we'll be right back. If one of our two boys went missing, there is absolutely nothing that we wouldn't do. You seem smug, combative, just aren't engaged. What the hell is going on here? Mark from 1984 to 1990. Mark was not a good husband and he was not a nice guy. I remember one time he threw me down on the ground and started punching me in the face. Mark threatened to take the kids from me several times. There were police reports that had to be filed before he would return them. There was an incident in 1990 when Mark did not return the children and I had to report it to the police department. I was petrified. I was deathly afraid that Mark was going to hide the kids, that he was going to take them and I would never see them again. I believe that Mark could do something to harm Dylan because he has a violent temper and he snaps easily. Betsy, you've been watching everything that has transpired here, everything that's been talked about. What do you want to add to this conversation? I would just like to have or to hear Mark say what happened. There are so many questions and the stories keep changing and that's why people are looking at you. The, the story's not changing. 
Oh, really? What, what, is, what are you hearing your, change, Your Betsy? story has changed. No, if you went to Tristan's house and talked to him and he didn't see Dylan, your next story was that you went to Tristan's house and nobody was there. So how could you talk to somebody that isn't there? To respond to that, if I may, I, I attempted to go to Tristan's house and talk to him, but he didn't answer the door. I assumed that possibly him and Dylan were at the lake. You know, the fishing pole has never been found. I assumed that maybe that was a possibility. Do I know for a fact that he had a fishing pole? Absolutely not. When you go into your house, the fishing pole is in the garage. You didn't walk through the garage and into the house There's before you went into the house. There's several places that that fishing pole is. It was it always was either in the next garage. to the TV. And how come that's the first? You noticed that before his Well, you bike, sure know a lot. Before his you sure, you sh I've investigated it in my mind since it's happened. Well, boy, then the way, why do we have legal for our law enforcement involved when we got you two on? Because they have to deal with people like you who won't tell them the answers, who won't cooperate. Well, Betsy's son, Brandon says he refuses to side with his father, Mark, or Elaine. Mark is my biological father. Growing up, I feel my mother had a lot of hatred and disdain for Mark. After the age of five, there was no real relationship at all. The only reason I reached out to Mark again was because Dylan was missing. In the beginning, Mark was not at all helpful in the search to find Dylan. It was very frustrating. Mark had asked me what I would do if my son was missing, and I replied to him, I would be on rooftops screaming. I'd be knocking doors down, trying to get anybody to talk. My mom has told me when I was a child, there were a couple incidents when Mark didn't return us. He was hiding us, so we couldn't go home at that time. It raises a lot of red flags. It's crossed my mind that Mark is hiding Dylan or has harmed him. All I can say is I hope he's safe. Brandon, we interviewed you and recorded that tape before today. Does anything here that's happened today change your opinion, inform you in any way? Absolutely not. There's questions, and I think a lot of the focus is on Mark because there hasn't been a lot done to take that focus off. And until that happens, it's always going to have to be on Mark. It's logical to look at the last person to see him. You know, I, I said when we first started this, Mark, I, I said, I've been doing this for 35 years. I'm also a, a father of two boys. Correct. And I, I can only, you know, Robin and I talked about this. And if, if one of our two boys went missing, there is absolutely nothing, zip, zero, nada, Nothing that we wouldn't do, no question we wouldn't answer, no person we wouldn't talk to, no activity that we would not participate in toward finding that child. And I feel And like you seem diametrically opposite from that. You seem smug, you seem cavalier, you seem unplugged, you seem combative, you just seem like you just aren't engaged, which makes me think either A, you don't care, or B, you already have the answer. Answer my question. What the hell is going on here? 
I guess I feel like from day one I've been attacked in this, and it's very hard for me. It isn't see, about your ego. I understand that. Where is your boy? But I've been out there, and I've done everything that I know how to do to be involved in every aspect of what's going on to find him and bring him. And where is he? I have no idea. I wish I knew, but I don't know. I just want the people in this country to, to keep their eyes open a little bit wider and, and, and if they see anything suspicious, that people notify the proper authorities to, to help us find our son. And, and you have said, you've made a commitment in this public forum, you will sit with a top level polygraph operator and take a polygraph. You will sit down and take another polygraph exam. I will sit with a polygraph operator. You know, I've been told by the FBI that their people are the best, and I'm telling, I'm hearing from you that you have people that are the best. I will bring you Jack Tramarco. He is the best of the best. He trains the FBI polygraph operators. Okay, well, that, and this that's is the all top fine. Guy. Obviously, I'm not a professional in that, but I've never not been willing to cooperate. Okay, but you this. will do that, I, uh, because I will, I will get I will. him here, and he will do that. This is a professional that will sit down and do this with you away from all of this, and it takes an extended amount of time. I understand that. If you have your son stashed somewhere, or if you flew into a rage and you hurt him accidentally and he's dead, I will help you deal with it now, and we will go recover that young man. Look, I just can't turn loose of this because I can't turn loose of this little boy. So I have decided to talk to Mark backstage one-on-one -on -one because I want to give him one last chance to tell me anything and everything he knows. And when I say one last chance, there's a shelf life on the offer I'm getting ready to make him, but I'm going to give him an opportunity to tell me whatever he knows about this. So here we go. Hey, I want to touch on a couple of things with you now that this sure. is done. Um, while we were talking, my staff did make arrangements uh, for this polygraph. It's something you absolutely should do. If if you got nothing to do with this, it will clear you. And, and you know, I've never not been willing to do okay. that. And uh, you know. I don't think the polygraph is going to eliminate any of us. But listen, here's what I want to say to you. I don't know what happened here. If you have your son stashed somewhere, or if, God forbid, you flew into a rage and you hurt him accidentally and he's dead, if something has happened... I will help you deal with it now, and we will go recover that young man. Because if you are involved, it's just a matter of time. I'm telling you now, I'll help you with it today. But my offer has a shelf life. I understand. It's right now. I'm not afraid of the truth. Just know I made you the offer. If. You know, if if you've got him somewhere, you know, you just have a, uh, you've just got a violation of custody order. It's something we can deal with. If it's worse than that, we do what we have to do.
But I'm telling you, you won't get away with this if you're involved. Let me help you. If you want to support the show, you can do so for free by writing us a review on the iTunes podcast app. Even just rating us five stars is a huge boost. It helps people discover the podcast. So if you are enjoying the show, then go to iTunes or the App Store and give us a quick review. Um, I'm trying to get away with anything. I'm not involved in this. No matter how it comes across, whether it be to you or anybody else, I'm not involved in this. And I have a hard time dealing with this. I struggle with this every day. And, and, and for months now, I've I, I got Corey and Elaine pointing her finger at me. Do you have any idea what, how I feel? Having Corey stand up there and tell me he hates me. It's got to hurt. It does. But listen, if, if you're not involved in this, then there's something seriously wrong with you. Because your reaction to this, something's wrong. I just feel like I'm being attacked, and I feel like... But you weren't attacked by me when you no, got you here. No, you weren't attacked by me, but... You heard me little... say before you came out there, I said, I am not a hitman for you I, against your I, husband. I, I understand, and, and I, I, I agree you, with that. I ask you respectful questions, I let you answer, and I, I, I treated you with dignity and respect and gave you every chance to answer the questions. So you weren't attacked by me. I'm not a violent person. Anybody that knows me will tell you the same thing. I, I, I hope you're telling me the truth. I'm, nothing to hide, and I'm, I'm not afraid of the you. truth. I'm not afraid of the truth. Uh, I, I hope this comes to a good end, and I hope that Dylan is, is, is somewhere safe. And That's what we're all hoping and, for. And comes know, to a... You can't deny the reality exists, especially three months after this has started. The, the outcome could not be favorable. Yeah. But as parents, I, I think we owe it to ourselves because we hear people that beat the odds every day. If you're innocent in this deal, Jack Tremarco is your best friend. This polygraph expert, he is your best friend if you're telling the truth. And if you're not, he is your worst enemy. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you, sir. Take care, man. I appreciate your All time. Right. Here at the Dr. Phil offices, and I'm gonna take the test. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily ready to take the test. I feel like I'm being pushed off the edge of the cliff. Well, what are we gonna do? Well, Mark did agree to take a polygraph, so I'm sending him straight to the offices of Jack Tremarco. And I've told him, if you're telling the truth, he's your best friend. If you're not, well, he's not. Jack Tremarco, born John R. Tremarco, died in 2018 at the age of 70. He was a longtime regular on the Dr. Phil show 
and was Dr. Phil's go-to guy for anything polygraph-related. We'll ask former FBI polygraph expert Jack Tremarco. Jack Tremarco. Jack Tremarco. Jack Tremarco, in my opinion, is the top polygraph operator on the globe. Science tells us that polygraph is 93% accurate. You're an FBI profiler. It was deceptive, Dr. Phil. Polygraph by the most respected polygraph operator in the country. She was non-deceptive going away significantly deceptive that's jack tramarco sitting right there he's the guy now we have known for years that the science behind the polygraph test is deeply flawed they are no longer used in court because they are wholly unreliable and the supreme court ruled that they are no better at discerning the truth than the flip of a coin what the polygraph actually records in in scientific terms is what's known as the fight-or-flight response it's when your autonomic nervous system processes a shot of adrenaline, causes your breathing to become somewhat erratic, your blood pressure to increase, and your GSR to increase. This does not mean, however, that you have lied. It just means that you have been confronted with some stimuli that elicits this response. This stimuli could be that you have lied, but it could also be nervousness, fear, rage, embarrassment. That was the voice of Doug Williams, who worked for the Oklahoma City Police Department for a decade. He quit back in 1979 after realizing that the polygraph tests he was administering were completely unreliable. He has made it his life's work to expose the polygraph for the scam that it is. In 2015, he was imprisoned for two years for showing people how the test works. We'll have more from him in a mini bonus episode that will be exclusive for our Patreon supporters. If you're interested in hearing more, then just go to patreon.com slash tapes from the dark side. Setting aside the many inherent problems with the polygraph, Mark's handling of the situation on the Dr. Phil show is nothing short of insanity. He refuses to take the test, then agrees, and then, well, let's just play the tape. I'm on my way to go meet with a polygraph examiner. I agree the test can be taken, but what I'm not agreeing to is that I have to be whisked off and, and, and forced into doing it right this minute. I'll be honest with you, I'm frustrated right now. I just sat on a stage for two hours in front of my ex-wife who had no questions to ask me, but continued to point her finger at me, and the only thing that she could say to me is, where's Dylan, where's Dylan, where's Dylan? I feel like my blood pressure's boiling through the roof. Jack Tremarco? Jack, pleasure. Welcome. Are we going to do this? Well, that's my whole point of being here and talking to you now, okay? Is addressing my concerns and the things that are bothering me and have been for a long time. Well, as I said, it's got to be voluntary or we don't do it. It's hard for me to digest all this. This is all happening way too quickly. I just feel so overwhelmed. Would you be more comfortable with me coming out to the studio tomorrow morning after a good night's sleep? I'll be honest with you. I feel like my blood is boiling and has been for hours. My point is I'm not refusing to take a polygraph test. All I'm asking for is, you know, some time to process this whole thing because, I mean, this has all got blindsided. After talking with Jack, I felt more comfortable taking the test tomorrow instead of doing it today. So yesterday, Mark was agitated and needed time to rest and process things. He said he wasn't opposed to taking the test. He just didn't want to feel pressured. I want him to be totally comfortable. This is about getting real answers. So I... Despite waiting, I invited Mark to come here to Paramount to meet Jack Tremarco for an 8 a.m. polygraph test. 
It's my understanding that Mark's here now. I'm set up. I'm just about ready for him. So if he's going to take this test, we'll just get it done. Well, I'm here at the Dr. Phil offices, and I'm going to take the test. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm necessarily ready to take the test, but, you know, at this point, you know, well, we're going to take it. We're going to do what we got to do. How are you? You've had a lot of time to think since we last met. The bottom line is I, I, I'm trying to be forthright with everybody. It's very intimidating to have my ex-wife sitting on a stage with me pointing fingers at me. I mean, that bothers me. And then to have my son come out and say, I hate you, you know, just... I feel like I'm being pushed off the edge of the cliff. Well, what are we going to do? I didn't come here to waste anybody's time, so... Let's do it. I'll ask the camera to, to give us some privacy, and we should be done in about an hour and a half. A question was asked, I gave an honest answer to it. The question was, do you feel well enough to take this test? And my response to that question was no. It became clear that it, by answering no to that question that... There was no point in proceeding any farther. Mark decided that he didn't feel well enough to take the polygraph test. He told me he had about three hours of sleep last night, and uh, he had a half bottle of Jim Beam on top of things. So uh, he doesn't feel well enough to take the test. What's your reaction to what you're seeing here? I'm not surprised at all. It's typical Mark. It gets to that point where people are pushing him and pushing him to do something, to take an affirmative step, and he bails. And he's been like that the whole time. He's made promises that he never keeps. Corey, what's your reaction to this? You get to a certain point, and you think you're finally going to get somewhere, and he shuts down. Do you believe that he has something to do with the disappearance of your son? Absolutely. I always have from day one. Do you believe that he has harmed him? I believe he could. I mean, I hope. I have to hope, but I believe there's a strong possibility. You know, it's, it's been three months. I mean, has your mind gone... Thank you. ...to the point, to the place that he may have killed your son? Yes. It has. It pains me to ask a mother that. It pains me to answer. I just really hope that he... he, he would have better sense, but he's shown that he doesn't. This is Jack Tremarco. This is Corey and Lane. Um, you know, yesterday he said that he was upset with you, he was upset with Corey, he was upset with everyone but me. He said, quote, the show was just a soapbox for Elaine and Corey to attack me. I, I can't believe that Dr. Phil let Corey disrespect me. I'll never forgive Corey for saying that he hated me. Everyone keeps saying that I was the last one to see Dylan, but that just isn't true. How come no one spoke to the male woman? She knows the area better than anyone else, and she saw Dylan. He said, quote, I still feel like I am the only one working to try and find Dylan. I don't even know what to say, because he's the only one who's not looking for Dylan, because he knows where he is. 
So you met with Mark. Describe his mindset when he got there. Well, he was agitated because he said that this was kind of thrust upon him. He didn't expect to be doing this. And um, he needed time to um, think it all out. He didn't want to take it. He didn't trust the process. Uh, I was, quite frankly, getting fatigued. I would ask a question, and he would give me the answer to something else. And, 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 and until finally, I just had to say, look, are we doing this or not? So he, he said he didn't believe in the test, doesn't trust anybody. He showed up at 8 o'clock this morning. Um, and you set up to do the test, and what took place then? I had questions about the man that I met this morning physically and in appearance versus the man I met yesterday. Uh, Mark was disheveled, and when I later asked him, have you had any alcohol or drugs in the last 24 hours, he said, yeah, I had a half bottle of Jim Beam last night. Well, he started to give me excuses why he wasn't going to take the test. And um, one of the questions that I needed to ask him in that pre-test portion of the exam is, do you feel well enough to take this exam? And he said no. So he disqualified himself from taking the test. Because at that point, you have to stop. Um, in all of your experience, have you ever encountered a mother and father with a missing child that were unwilling to take a polygraph? I have not ever had a mother and father um, refuse to take a polygraph in a missing child case whether they were involved or not. I've had people that have failed and then taken us to the body. What I will tell you is that it's my intention now to go back and talk to Mark one more time. I'm going to ask Jack to go with me. Okay, we'll be right back. I read some of the stuff you said about you don't think that we gave enough attention to finding Dylan yesterday. Are you kidding me? I am here to find your son. And I frankly don't give a damn whether you like me. I care whether or not we find this boy. On November 19th, 2012, Dylan Redwine disappeared. Neither of Dylan's parents is considered a suspect according to La Plata County Sheriff's Department. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Dylan Redwine, please call 970-382-7511. That's 970-382-7511. Afternoon, I don't know. Fully dressed, yeah. Hey, you clean up good? Well, that's what I've been told. I don't do this very often. You didn't look so uh, spiffy this morning. You know, I should have asked you, are you suffering the effects of the, the Jim Beam or or just not feeling well, good? Well, I didn't have a lot of Jim Beam. I well, want half to make bottle. That well, when I say a half bottle, I'm not talking about a big bottle. I'm talking about a small bottle, like a pint-sized bottle. So what was it that affected you to the point where we couldn't go forward? Well, and I guess when you were asking me these questions and you asked that question and I, and I responded to it and I gave you my answer, I guess I was, I was expecting another question to follow that one. And, well, and actually, at that point when it, it, it wasn't stopped, a question, though, Mark. It was a statement by me, and I said, well, that's a disqualifier. 
if you don't feel well enough to take this test, right? Then we're but not the question do was, it. do I feel well enough to take it? My response was no. And, the, and, and instead of having another question follow behind that, when you reacted to that and, and said what you said, then I'm, I was a bit taken by that. Do, do, do you want to take it? Well, I don't know that this. To, that at, at the point we are right now with that question, I don't think that my answer is any different now than it was two hours ago. So you don't want to take it? Not if, if it means that my answer to that question is no then and it's no now. You know, maybe now isn't the time to be taking the polygraph test. And, and, I, and I believe that that's where we're at with that. You should be doing backflips right now to take this polygraph test. You were the last person to have seen your son before he disappeared. Well, and I don't believe that. What do you believe? I believe that the postal worker that saw Dylan later that afternoon before I went looking for him. No doubt in your mind. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. I read some of the stuff you said about you don't think that, that we gave enough attention to finding Dylan yesterday. Are you kidding me? In the I devoted two hours of national television time to try to find your son. And I have asked you to do things to eliminate yourself so we can direct resources to other people and you won't do one damn thing to help. And you want to criticize what we're doing? I, I think that that was taken out of text, and yeah. I didn't have this well, then conversation. You put it in context. I put it in context. I was referring specifically to the conversation that was be taking place on the stage with you and my and my ex-wife together. What you do with and your ex-wife and what you do with your son, you've got years of history before you get here with me. Okay. Don't lay that at my feet, my friend. I was upset about the fact that obviously there's a huge issue in terms of me and, and my ex-wife and my son. I am here to find your son. And I frankly don't give a damn whether you like me or my television show. I care whether or not we find this boy. And if you've got information about where that boy is, you need to tell us. Behind this man's scenes? done 3,500 polygraphs. You know how many fathers with missing sons have ever, ever refused to take a polygraph in all of his years of doing polygraph work. You know how many have done what you've done? Zero. You, Mark, you're it. Do you know where he is? No, I don't. If you're innocent, we're the best friends you ever found. Boy, I, I, I just struggle with this whole thing. Well, um, I think we took it as far as we can take it in the current setting. I, I have to say, we have no evidence that he has done this. We have no proof that he has done this. We cannot say that he is guilty in this situation. I mean, we, allegations can be made, suspicions can be made, but I cannot in good conscience sit here and say that he has been involved in the death, disappearance, harming, or whatever uh, of your son. I don't know that. I can't say that. And to suggest that to America or this audience or anyone else uh, would be wrong because I can't say because I don't know. 
you know, hopefully somebody seeing this is going to remember something that's going to give them information that will help bring about uh, Dylan and uh, information about him. And you are courageous and dedicated uh, to be here fighting for your son and, and his return uh, in whatever the circumstance may be. And uh, I admire you for being here, Corey. I admire you for being here. We'll be, right, we'll be right back with more information and specific uh, instructions on what to do if you have information uh, about Dylan Redwine. We'll be right back. Well, obviously, we're going to continue to follow this story very closely, and please join us in praying. Uh, to bring this family some answers. And if you have information regarding the disappearance of this precious 14-year-old boy, Dylan Redwine, who is five feet tall with blonde hair, blue eyes, and around 105 pounds, please contact the La Plata County Sheriff's Office at 970-382-7511. That's 970-382-7511. And we'll, I'll have this information on drphil.com. So if you don't have a pen right now or you didn't get that, uh, just go to the website and we'll have it right there. And um, thanks especially to Jack Tremarco. Uh, for more information on him, uh, please log on to drphil.com and we'll have everything you would want to know uh, about Jack Tremarco. And uh, Jack, you've gone above and beyond. Thank you for disrupting your life and turning around and being here. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dad. Coming up next time on Tapes from the Dark Side, the Dylan Redwine Saga. Authorities say the Dylan Redwine case is now a homicide investigation after his remains were found today. Action 7 reporter Melissa Colorado spoke to Dylan Redwine's father. She has more from Durango. Doug and Shelley, I'm standing right near Mark Redwine's house near Viacito Lake. The father of Dylan Redwine is visibly shaken up. He did not want to go on camera, but he still was able to talk to us. Take a listen. They got 2% of his remains. That means 98% of them is still scattered out there and increasing. to my dear friend Niv for all of her feedback and guidance in crafting this show thank you to 2600 for our theme and for allowing us to use his music throughout if you like what you're hearing right now then go check him out at 2600.bandcamp.com also a big thank you to Augusta Trevororum for allowing us to use his music 
check him out on YouTube and SoundCloud, or just check the show notes for a link. The credits for all of our music used in today's show can be found on our public Patreon for this episode. Link for that is also in the show notes. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who make us feel loved and appreciated, and to our official Darksiders, PM, Hannah, and Kim. If you want to experience the show in glorious full HD audio and 100% ad-free, then join us on Patreon. Get instant access to the Tapes from the Darkside premium feed, 320 kilobytes per second versus the standard 192, one-day early access to all episodes, exclusive bonus episodes, and you can also get merch discounts up to 30% off, our Tapes from the Dark Side exclusive sticker pack, entry into our giveaway drawings, plus your name read aloud in the credits of the show. Join today for less than the cost of one coffee a month, $3. It takes less than a minute to sign up, and you can cancel any time. Patreon.com slash Tapes from the Dark Side, or just click the link in the episode show notes. Go sign up right now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. It's now time for me to introduce to you a podcast called Wife of Crime. It's a married couple who do true crime oh so well. I think you will enjoy their show if you like true crime with a little bit of a comedic twist, but not too much. I think it's a perfect blend. Go look them up on your podcast app right now. Search Wife of Crime and hit subscribe and give their show a listen. Here's their promo. Hey, everyone. My name is Jess, and I'm the co-host of a weekly true crime podcast called Wife of Crime. Every week, I tell my husband one of my favorite true crime stories, and he reacts to them. Sometimes I get mad at him. You're going to really regret all of this judginess that you're doing right now once I tell you this story, because... You're being very judgmental. Obviously something bad's going to happen. She's making a lot of bad decisions. Well, you're being very judgmental. Stop. And sometimes he makes really weird noises. Ah! He now thinks that he's an FBI profiler. Yeah. How about that? Rust a profile of placebo effect. (laughs) But most of the time, he just has really funny color commentary. Wow, so he's sitting in his human leather chair eating fruity pebbles out of a skull. (laughs) You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on Instagram at Wife of Crime Pod. Above all else, the devil hates to be mocked. And I'm mocking them. I'm showing them what for the frauds and the con men that they are. And they despise me for it. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, 
Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.